Thank you for joining the Leader Generation Podcast, where B2B and B2B2C marketers can explore new technology and strategies to effectively fill their sales pipeline and contribute to company growth. Our host today is Tessa Berg, the Chief Technology Officer at Tenlo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leader Generation, brought to you by Tenlo Radio. Our guest today is the CEO and founder of Be The Brand. Be The Brand is a personal branding company focused on digital platforms. And we're really excited to have Madeline Federley joining us. Thanks for being our guest. Mm, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this topic, mostly because personally, I've always been interested in how to just grow awareness around the things I love. Like, how do I share my passion? But for a lot of our listeners, this is going to be very interesting around how does their passion and their expertise translate into leads and sales? So this is going to be an exploration we've never done before. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Really happy to be here and be having this conversation. Great. So for everyone who doesn't know, tell us what is personal branding? Yeah, it's a great question. So personal branding is really just the idea that an individual has kind of a set of impressions that they leave with the people that they interact with. So somebody who has focused on their personal branding and has really spent some time to think about what are those core messages that I want people to leave when they interact with me, when they look at me online and my LinkedIn or my social media. And it's really just what people take away from their time and their interaction with you. So it can certainly be about your professional expertise, but it's really also about how you make people feel your values, your mission, how you amplify the things that you care about. And it really should all ladder up to you as the individual. And again, that consistency and that messaging that you want people to know or think of you about. Hmm. I really love that description. It made me think about like, how did you get interested in this area? Like what, what was your journey or path to becoming a personal branding mm -hmm. expert? Yeah. So I have a background in a personal passion for women's leadership and women's empowerment. I really, really believe in the power of women's voices. And throughout the course of my career, I had the opportunity to work alongside and with some really incredible women leaders. And as I got to know them and just really admire them and want to stand in their shadow and learn more about them, one of the things I noticed was that they were doing a ton of incredible work but they had almost no online or digital presence. And so they weren't getting the credit for the work that they were doing. And so that really kind of sparked this idea that there's this whole market out there of individuals, businesses, and companies who do incredible things and add a lot of value into the conversations that they're participating in, but they're not thinking about their concise messaging. They don't have that kind of steady drumbeat of thought leadership out there in the digital space. And so they're missing out one on getting the credit for the great work that they're doing and two, attracting more opportunities based off of their personal expertise and credibility. You've hit on so many elements that we know are a part of attracting the right customer and increasing conversion with that customer in a meaningful mm -hmm. way. 
you know, how are we making them feel? Do they connect with us at a value level? Are we giving them expertise and content that they need or want? So I'm already starting to see like this path to why personal branding is important to generating leads or can be a part of business development. What are some signs though, that you're doing personal branding right? It's a great question. I think there are so many, there are so many different ways you could think about it. I mean, one, a first sign that you're doing personal branding right is if you feel personally as the individual or the company good about what you're putting out there. You want to build an authentic personal brand. And I think that we see this trend more and more, like people really want to see authentic professionals, you know, just kind of the last two years and all the reckonings we've had around leadership and social issues here in the United States, people really want to see that authenticity. And so we really don't want to be thinking about creating one-dimensional or bot-like brands. You really want to have that authentic perspective. So I think the first, the first thing I always say to clients and people we're working with is you have to feel good about it. Because if you don't feel good about it, and if you don't feel like it really embodies who you actually are and is multidimensional and all the things that go into who people are, then it's not going to be a successful endeavor. It's just not going to work because you're going to burn out or you're going to make too many pivots and adjustments and it's going to be confusing messaging. So I would say that's the first thing, like how you over time really feel about it. The second thing is we all have people in our networks that we want to garner influence amongst. I think when we think about personal branding and social media, a lot of times people are like, oh, well, I don't want to be an influencer. And that's not really what we're doing, but it is about creating influence and really garnering influence amongst the people in your network. So I would say another thing to think about in terms of if your branding is being successful is are people noticing it? Are people, whether in your online community or in your in-person community saying, oh, wow, I noticed that you did this panel or you did this podcast and it was really great. Or I really have appreciated your increased social media presence lately. So I would say that would be the second thing, like, are other people noticing it? And then of course, the third thing is if we're thinking about in terms of a business perspective is, is it resulting in increased leads, potential business development, new business? I think client services and with business, this goes back to the people want to see authentic professionals. And the best way to do that is to really think about and bring the best of you into your business conversations and into the way that you approach business and having a personal brand well-formed and in your back pocket is an incredible tool to help make sure that you're staying consistent in the way that you do that. Those were three really great <laughs> points. Feeling good about it, having specific people that you want to influence and measuring whether or not they're noticing that influence and then measuring increase in leads and quality of leads. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to the first one because to me, I feel like that's the most challenging. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm really passionate about what I do. And when I read content, I have a reaction. When I see new products or services being launched, like I always want to try them. I love testing new tech, but I hesitate to ever put anything out there and I'm not active. Not anyone looks at my LinkedIn profile. 
I am not active in social Mm -hmm. by any means because I sometimes get stopped by like that imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. or I start to question like how good I feel about things or am I the right person to say this or how good is my opinion? Do you run into that? And how do you help people sort of address their imposter syndrome or the blockers that keep them from really sharing their authenticity? Totally. And that's, that really is one of the main barriers that we come up with when we're coaching and working with individuals, the imposter syndrome, but then also the value proposition. So a lot of times people are like, I don't care about it. Like, it's just not, people don't want to play in the digital sandbox sometimes, but what we know is that if you're not playing in the digital sandbox, you're missing out on opportunities totally in terms of your thought leadership and personal branding. I would say in regards to imposter syndrome, I mean, there's like a mantra that I really love that I learned from this amazing executive. You might know her. It's Bazoma St. John, who's the CMO of Netflix. She's had this incredible marketing career. She's just like such a icon in terms of personal branding. And she has this great quote where she says, nobody started talking about me until I started talking about me. And so in terms of the imposter syndrome, I think we know we're always going to be that number one critic. But the thing is, is if you're not doing it, somebody else is going to be doing it. And it's going to be playing in that space and generating those leads and that business that you could do. And the great thing about social media is it doesn't really have that long of a tail. And as long as you're keeping it professional and not doing anything that you're going to regret later, you can always edit or update what you post. You can delete it or you wait 24 hours. It's like the news cycle. You wait 24 hours and there's a whole other batch of content that's up on the feed. And so it's really, I think we place like a lot of value, like a disproportionate amount of emphasis on things that are up on our LinkedIn channels. But as long as it's professional and staying above brow, it doesn't have that long of a tail, but it's the doing it consistently that really makes the biggest impact because you create that overall brand narrative and that brand Mm storyline. And that's a good place for a break. We'll be back in a minute. The global pandemic has changed marketing and sales as we know it. To plan and prepare for what's next, sign up for a one-hour remote digital readiness session with Tenlo. We'll talk about opportunities to align your digital marketing tactics to your business goals. Plus, you'll receive a digital readiness playbook with immediate next steps to execute measurable digital marketing tactics to drive growth. For more info and to sign up, go to Tenlo.com. And now back to our show. We are really lucky in the sense that we work with some incredibly smart marketers. When you just mentioned the CMO of Netflix, I immediately started thinking of some of the CMOs and VPs of marketing that we work with. Mm -hmm. And they run into blockers internally about putting out their passion. Yes, you're not going to talk about the company's IP or what you're doing strategically internally, but I feel like sometimes it's even so strict that they can't talk about anything. And work is a lot of our life. We all work at places. That's where we exercise our passion. (coughs) Have you had to work through any of those challenges to help women 
get a voice in a way that works for their employer, but then also, and will ultimately benefit their employer, but allows them to start putting out content on their passion and their expertise. A hundred percent. So we work with a lot of folks in the, either the government affairs or in the political space, and particularly with working with women in the political space, it's very much the same. You really can't step out from behind your boss or the member that you're supporting. And it's challenging to talk about any kind of policy issue or politics in the right way on the platforms. So what I actually coach people to do in that scenario is really take some time, write down on a piece of paper, like what are the, I mean, yes, the majority of our life is going to be spent at work, but take that time to think about, okay, what are the other things that make me a multidimensional person? What are those other things that I care about? Is it animal welfare? Is it X, Y, and Z issue, women in the arts, business, et cetera, that are not related to the work that you're doing or that would be okay to talk about and really build a narrative around those things. I also think one of the best things that we can do is amplify or really curate extracurriculars that we participate in. So if we're on any kinds of boards, if we volunteer for nonprofits, even if we're part of like PTAs, those are all extracurriculars that speak to who we are and what we care about. And so let's think about the interesting ways that that can ladder up into our overall personal brand and our overall message and talk about those things online. Even if we think about the PTA, like sure, Okay. Yeah. It's the PTA, but like, think about all the things in the last two years that perhaps the PTA has had to navigate and all those issues that we could speak about in regards to child safety during the pandemic or X, Y, and Z issue. And even just like sharing an article about something that really resonated with you as a PTA member, as it relates to COVID safety, it actually like adds a really interesting narrative and leads back to the things that you care about. You care about your children. Um, and that's yeah. part of your personal brand. So I would say if, if you can't talk about your work for whatever reason, and there are a lot of good reasons why people can't or, or feel like they, they shouldn't, there are other things about you as a person that you can talk about. And so take some time to really write those things down and really focus in on the other ways that you spend your time. I mean, another great example is say you love cooking. Maybe you bought a subscription to masterclass. And so you have been doing some of the cooking classes on masterclass, like say something about that. Masterclass is a very well-known it's prominent. There's a huge network around it. It's interesting. I'm sure other people in your network have also been doing masterclass. So there's a connection right there. So I just think there are, there are so many ways that we overlook, and that's really the work that we do is because you're so tired, you're burned out, you don't have the capacity to think about, okay, what are those other things I can talk to? And so that's where we come in and come alongside and really help hold that and give the space so that you have the capacity and a thought partner to think about those other content buckets and your overall thought leadership presence. I love those two examples that triggered a thought that uh, for my next adult rec league soccer game, I'm going to bring my camera and take some shots of my team and interview them on how we are keeping yes, our or, fitness up. Right. Or, okay, soccer. Great. Okay. Ted Lasso. What are the 10 leadership traits we see from Ted Lasso? Mm -hmm. Right, right there. That's great. 
because it ties into you as a leader and a professional, but it also is about soccer and something that you love. And there are totally articles online about Ted Lasso and his great leadership qualities. Oh, I agree. I was obsessed with that show. And right. the whole theme of leading with kindness really resonated. And that is something that you learn from sports and people who don't, you see where they go in their career or how others perceive them. But professionally, when you take those qualities and start to get your visibility out there, it does generate true connections that even if it's not about your work, does translate to work because people want to work with people they like and Mm -hmm. that share their values. So what are some things when we're thinking about this that people should avoid in personal branding? Or do you have any examples of mistakes that you've seen and when it goes wrong? I would say the, the biggest thing here when you're thinking about personal branding is one, again, it's kind of what we've been talking about. Don't put yourself in a box. People really want to see these authentic professionals. So if you're only talking about one thing, it's going to get really boring and people are going to zone out and you're not going to attract the kind of influence that you probably want. And so I would really think about investing in that individual presence and thinking about all the things that make you a multidimensional person. So mm-hmm. that would be that would be one thing. The second thing I would say is know your platform that you're on. So obviously how we interact on LinkedIn is different than how we interact on Instagram is different than how we interact on Twitter. So a great example of this is on Instagram, we know that video is king. That is what Instagram really wants to see. And you see like the CEO of Instagram gives a weekly video update, et cetera. And that's really smart and content creators and influencers, they always make sure to check that out because it it affects them and it's how they get their information about Instagram. If the CEO of Instagram was doing a weekly, well, maybe he could get away with it because it's Instagram. But if we were doing a video every week on LinkedIn, that is just not appropriate. That is not the way people are using LinkedIn. So I would say, make sure you know your platform, know what's going to perform well and how to tweak your strategy based on what platform you really want to see the most engagement and, and reach from. So that would be another thing. And and similarly to that, we know that LinkedIn no longer is that static online resume. It really is a thought leadership platform. However, it is still a very professional platform. And so you probably want to leave your politics at the door. You really don't want to get into controversial things that we all know that's kind of what Facebook has turned into. So if you're really spicy about something, fine, you can talk about it on Facebook, but I would not bring those kinds of things into the LinkedIn channel. So that, yeah, that would be the second thing, really know your, your platform. And then the third thing, of course, is just what we know about marketing in general, and it's know your audience. So do the research in advance to know who are you trying to garner influence from? What are the things that they care about? What are the messages that resonate with them? And then I, I would say one of the best things about social media is that we have all the data. So you can track on a weekly basis how things are performing, how many people are looking at it, what the engagement rates are, where the people are located. LinkedIn does geotagging for you. So there's just, there's so much great information and you can tweak and develop your strategy from there. 
So I would say, yeah, do the work to know your audience. Yeah, that's a really key tenant that we hear over and over again when we do conversations and interviews around lead generation is you have to know the audience. So this is a very evolved process. I feel like ahead of this call, I thought personal branding was needing to know how to use hashtags and Instagram better. And now I'm hearing it's very much thinking about how to bring different, a different aspect of yourself. It doesn't have to be your work self to platforms that you care about, that people you want to influence care about in order to start building those relationships. Mm -hmm. What are some of the benefits your clients have gotten out of personal branding and what have been the results? So one thing I want to just mention, just based off your, your last point is if we think about all the work that we do to create the pitch to sell the product or to raise money for the cause or the organization. We do all that work to develop cases for support, really thinking about the messaging and the branding that goes into it. This is the same idea, but you're just translating it for an individual. So you're taking the time to think about, okay, what is my personal pitch? Who am I? What is my value add? What are the things I want to speak to and influence? And you're taking the time to kind of map that out. I would even say, do it on a piece of paper, create a personal message house where you have your brand purpose at the top. And then you have all those kind of content buckets and pillars of things that that you want to speak to. Because if we, yeah, if we, if we do the work to sell the product or to whatever, we we should also be thinking about ourselves in that way and really helping us. Cause one, that's, that's good for the business and the product, but it's also good for us in the long run. It helps set us apart and it helps us maintain relevance and perhaps set us up for more advancement or a career pivot or something like that. I think a lot of times with women, we kind of stand behind the curtains because we're in support roles or we just have that, that higher level of imposter syndrome, but there, we are all doing, and this is true for all professionals, like we're doing the work. And so we should really talk about ourselves as it relates to the work that we're doing, whatever that is. Yeah, I agree. I saw this great quote that personal branding isn't what you aspire to be. It's who you are your value is in what you do mm-hmm. and, you know, embrace that. And it does inspire others and help bring them along for causes you care about. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I agree too, that sometimes you just get so overwhelmed by all the doing mm-hmm. that you don't have time to broadcast it. But even though, you know, that if more people knew about it, you could get more money you could get more attention for things that really matter. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Madeline, so much for all of this great information. I mean, this has been really enlightening and I love that we can take a lot of the things that we know about marketing in our audience and translate it to personal branding. Do you have any final thoughts or suggestions that you would give anyone listening who wants to get started in starting to build a personal brand? I would say, so one, one thing I have been thinking about a lot is just the reality that we don't know, and this relates to us as individuals, but then also at a company business level, we don't know where the workforce is going and everything is changing. 
And so relying exclusively on your existing connections and kind of the old tools that we've always turned to might not continue to work in the future or might over time have a, a decrease in the dividends that it's giving us. And mm -hmm. so I think we, we need to really think about what are the other tools in our toolkit that we can pull out and develop and individual influence and personal influence is definitely something that we see more and more of. I mean, for example, you, you guys know this cause you're marketers, but the number one marketing budget line item for the big companies now is Instagram. They're investing the most of their marketing dollars into Instagram, into individual influencers. And so we just can't really underestimate the value of that individual influence. And so I would say, if you're trying to think about how do we stay top of mind, how do we stay relevant? How do we stay in the conversations? One of the best tools we have that's free and available to us is social media. And, but when we're approaching social media, you want to do it with purpose and intention. And that's why the first thing we should do when we think about building that personal influence is to spend the time working on the personal brand to make sure that you kind of have it all hashed out in a clear strategy so that it doesn't appear disjointed or inconsistent or kind of all over the place. If you want to get started and start out, really spend the time thinking about who you are, what are the things you care about, what are the causes you want to amplify, and from there really build that personal message house where you have your overall brand purpose at the top and then all the buckets and areas of expertise that you can speak to and use that as your roadmap for how you want to create the content that's going to go up on your channels. I love that suggestion. And it made me think about some results we're seeing with content marketing and expertise. Like if you take that exact process you described and hand it over to a corporation and a business, even in manufacturing or light industrial or really anything, every company is an expert in something. It's made up of people and people buy from people. And if you come and start marketing the expertise with that more personal influence, then is there a path forward for brands to start having almost like a personal brand based on the experts at their company? If we're just thinking about the channels specifically, like on LinkedIn, if a company has a LinkedIn page and is posting things, and then that company's influencer, CEO, CMO, whoever, also has a LinkedIn page and is posting the same content, but with personal reflection or with some sort of personalization added to it. I would say that the individual's LinkedIn is probably going to get more traction and be more successful than just the company one mm -hmm. because it's, it's authentic. It's a person and they're adding their own personal reflection or their own thoughts about the new product or what the, the change or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see more and more of that. It's like what I said with Instagram, the, the weekly updates from the CEO, those are coming from his personal Instagram handle, not Instagram. I think we're going to be seeing more and more of that as we have more executives really step into that thought leadership role and really make a name for themselves outside of just their title at their company. I love that as a starting point. That's something even I could do tomorrow. Our company, 
creates so much great content. And some of it is based on my expertise. Some of it is based on our other team members' expertise and user experience and web development and backend development and all that stuff. I, I like what you said about adding that personal reflection on it mm-hmm. to make the content more accessible and get more traction. I mean, every time I read something from our team, I am inspired and simply just sharing that out. Here is something that we created today that really inspires me and why. Then it kind of helps me to get around like that imposter syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just put it out there. It's my personal opinion and thoughts, but also amplifying some of the awesome people around me. Exactly. Well, Madeline, that is all the time we have for today. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you and engage you for these services, because um, you described a lot of work, <laughs> could definitely use an expert to help guide someone through their personal branding journey. Where can they find you or how can they get a hold of you? So you can find us on our website. It's be the brand collective. And then on our Instagram, which is the same, be the brand collective. And then our LinkedIn is also be the brand collective. So those would be the three best places to check us out. Awesome. And then if this is your first time listening to our podcast, visit tenlo.com, click on podcast and subscribe. You can also see more episodes about using AI and marketing, the power of data, storytelling, and how to get more from your marketing journeys and customer research. We hope you tune in next time. Madeline, thank you again so much for being a guest and we will be talking to you soon. Thank you so much. You've been listening to another episode of Leader Generation by Tenlo Radio. Be sure to subscribe on tenloradio.com.